You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Michigan Wild Podcast. We're just here walking around. We're going to go set a tree stand. Don't worry, my dad's weird. He never shot a huge buck before. I just shot a freaking big buck. Get that one. Oh, you hit him. Go get that one, Henry. Right here. We have another episode of Michigan Wild, and this evening I have a buddy, Tony Fellows, hopping on. The big, like, I have a decent sized beard, but this dude's got me blown out of the water. But how's it going, man? Oh, you know, it's going. It's not too bad. So, how long has the beard been growing for? Uh, the last time I had a razor to my face was 2014, October. Decent. Yeah. You were a strong willed man. Uh, lazy. La- oh, lazy, yeah. yes. Yeah, you know, very lazy. I just don't want to shave anymore, man. You rock it, though. Good. Yeah. I, you know, so the so for me, the mustache is what always bothers me. So then I always trim that up every once in a while, and then you get a little too far. So the next thing you know, you're doing more than you want. The next thing you know, you suck, so then you end up cutting it off. <laughs> so yeah. every time it happens for me, it's an accident. Yeah, no, if I thought about trimming the stash back, because, you know, every time we take a bite of a sandwich it's 90 percent hair and yeah you're like wiping it away to yeah get there. <laughs> yeah so but i yeah no i'm not sure no you're just doing it so have you thought about braiding it because you are at the length where you could braid it so yeah i've braided it a few times but every time i do it takes away length so it's just like two little nubs hanging mm-hmm. out but like the most i'll do now is i have these uh silver beads mm-hmm. so i'll just pull the hair through those beads and leave it like that so yep. it still gives me the length and i got the little bling going Sick. on yeah, yeah so that's yeah. your bling bling you got oh, going yeah. on that's the style i like yep. it but no anyways tony we went to high school together mm-hmm. and we also i would say you're you were probably mostly closer with tyler over the last few years right kind of and then that's kind of been your circle i've i'm kind of not really the outcast but like i just got busy with life and Mm -hmm. i've found out that i was missing out on a lot of my buddies from high school and stuff (laughs) so you kind of came back into the circle of my life i guess this winter 
you went rabbit hunt with us. Yep, sure and did. Whiffed on some rabbits, shot one. It <laughs> yep. was great. Yep. But you, so when you went the first time with us, like, when was the last time you had rabbit hunted, like, with dogs or with doing that that way? So that was the first time I've ever hunted with dogs. Nice. And that's why I was like, yeah, you guys do this every weekend? Sick. I'll see you next week. Yep, and that's how it went. Yep. And then, like, the last time, it was a horrible rabbit hunt because, like, I would always, like, come up on a rabbit and then I would never shoot because I was with my dad's buddy. And he was always in the freaking way. Mm. And he started, he's like, just shoot, just shoot. So I said, okay. And I came up on a rabbit and followed him and boom. And my buddy, my dad's buddy just tucked his shoulder a little bit. And I go, what? He's like, you just shot me. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, and he had like four or five yeah. pellets in the back of his arm. And I, he's, I was like, you told me to shoot. Told he, me to shoot. He's like, well, I didn't tell you to shoot me. And I'm like, so what a great experience. Yeah. yeah. Not. Yeah. yeah. So pretty much after that, it was just like shooting clays and pop Doing that kind back. of stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, the, if you've never been with it, so like, how was that for you? Like you got to come in, me and Tyler have been doing this for a long time with dogs it was probably a completely different ball game compared to just going out and stomping on brush piles. Yeah, no, 100% different because, <laughs> like, before when I was a kid and just beating brush, like, maybe see three, four rabbits on a good day. Yeah. But with these dogs, you can pretty much just stand there and you just hear, and then you're like, oh, no, just stay here, wait. And then here they come running right in front of you and boom, yep. boom, boom, boom. Yep, it's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you, I remember, I was it. I don't know if I got to spend as much time with you the first time you went, but I know the second time mm-hmm. we and you were kind of like together more. And I was trying to give you some pointers because it is kind of a new thing, like yeah. learning how rabbits run through. Like you don't really know. And I got a little overexcited a few times. I was like, okay, I think the rabbit's here. Let's move up a little bit. And then the rabbit would run right where we were standing. Yeah. So I was like, we kind of got to stay. It's like that half beat between being patient and then also mm-hmm. you got to put yourself in the right position. But I know – it took a little bit, but when we finally got that, your first rabbit, there was a few missing, you know, it was, oh, yeah. it's a little different shooting than them rabbits, you yeah. know, but there was you yelling and laughing at me. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> it's like, oh, here comes Bigfoot. As yeah. I'm hauling through the woods, trying yep. to catch this rabbit. Henry's oh, just yep. busting up. I'm like, oh, yeah, at least we, someone's having fun. Yeah, it was a great time. But yeah, that, the rabbit you did end up shooting, I know it was a really good circle by the dogs. Mm-hmm. Cause you actually came with us one of the days that. I feel like it was one of our best days from like the dogs working perspective. Yeah. They yeah. were just going nonstop and they were circling great. And it was like a real, it was a spot that was like, it was good for rabbits, hard for us to kill them because of mm-hmm. the terrain. But yeah, this, this, we kind of got in some water and like, you know, wa- like flooded areas and you mm-hmm. set up perfect and the dogs worked a rabbit right towards you. And yeah, you bared down and smoked that thing. And I know yeah. we were all just like, I was so pumped that I got to see it. We were all like, I think I had seen it maybe first. I was like, all right, Tony, here's a cup, you know, cause yep. I had a little better advantage. And yeah, you bared down and got it. That was, yep. that was pretty dang. I mean, it's hard to get worked up, but that was pretty easy to get yeah. worked up over and that. That, that, that was, was awesome. Time. That was awesome too. Cause literally after I went with you guys the weekend prior, like I went straight to the sporting goods store and bought a brand new Benelli Nova youth mm-hmm. model because I'm I don't want to carry a big gun. Nope. So I was like, oh yes, perfect. And within it was probably like ten minutes we had that rabbit. Yeah, boom. You, you broke like, it yep. in good. You christened that shotgun. Oh yeah. That yeah, nice. and that was I think yeah because we talked about that with Tyler how you can get into this very affordable. Like you got that shotgun. Yeah, four hundred bucks. Yeah, four hundred bucks. Goods. Great shotgun. Yeah. Like awesome pump, small size, works great. That thing's mm-hmm. gonna last you a long time. But yeah, so you so that was kind of fun. That was a fun winter. And now moving forward, it's like we know have another guy that we know we can call yep. up anytime, ready to have a good time. Yep. And like, yeah, because you didn't get anything the first time you went. No, I mean, the first time was miserable for me because like I haven't been doing nothing all winter long because ice fishing wasn't there. 
And Tyler's like, well, there's no ice. Why don't you come out someday? I'm like, dude, all I have is that freaking 870. <laughs> <laughs> you know big old heavy steel barrel and blah blah blah. i'm like i don't i don't know man he's like just do it i'm like okay <laughs> yep and yeah we walked for days it felt like yeah we were moving yeah because i remember when i got home after that like my arms were killing me i'm like man <laughs> that is somebody is heavier than i thought it was yep. we have dogs that doesn't mean we don't still right. walk you oh, know yeah. we do get we do get after it yeah and that's just for one we like to walk so it's, it makes it easy and some of the spots that we hunt like you have to. You came to a spot where we have to cover some ground to get to them, and we were kind of struggling a little bit that day trying to get them going. But yeah, it was yeah. We we did not take it easy on you. I guess the no. first time you went, we're like, you're all right, welcome all. to the party, Tony. Here yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah, because like when I got home that night, I went and like looked up my phone from my watch, and it was like six point five miles, and I'm like, yeah, man, that felt feels like it. Like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but no, it's nice knowing that moving forward, that's something that you can. I mean, yeah, every winter another guy that we can go out to and go have a good time. And you're great to have along because you, we like guys that have good positive energy, like mm-hmm. to, you know, have a good time. doesn't matter how much stuff you shoot. We're all just out, you know, in it for each other. There's nothing worse than going, especially small game hunting with someone who is like trigger happy or like has to be the first person to shoot something or, you know, gets all worked up. He doesn't get anything or like, let's say like I've been with Tyler, that dude will shoot his limit and mm-hmm. I will like, only shoot one time and i am like ecstatic and it's fun and having a good time the same will go for him if i'm laying down the rabbits he's laughing we're all having a good time we're all kind of in it together mm-hmm. and he fit that mold great so yeah that's that's pretty and you know i wish it was easier to find guys like that but it's kind of hard just because it's a dynamic that if you're not really around it it's kind of hard you can't really like teach it i guess like right. it just got to be one of just the personality so right that's been pretty cool well so. it, it also helps i've always had that mindset and this comes from my dad back in the day of you got to put your time in like that first time going out i had zero expectations of shooting a rabbit mm-hmm. and i shot at rabbits whiffed <laughs> yes whiff, whiff, whiff. <laughs> but you know i just knew i'm like i'm probably not going to shoot a rabbit today but i'm going to go out with my buddies and have some fun yeah well, that's that is important and then not everyone you know maybe they've been told that but that doesn't necessarily resonate with everyone mm-hmm. and that's i think that makes the reward so i think let's say you had went out the first time a rabbit with dogs and the rabbit gives you a cake i mean some of your shots are kind of easy but i mean right, right. you'd have dumped the first one you might have we've taken guys before they come they'll clean house and we never hear from them again you know just because yeah. they're like maybe it's because they've done it a lot or they just want they just felt like doing it that weekend i mean you you put in your effort and you walk and you do these things it just means that much more and it's just good clean mm-hmm. fun like we always say but right so like what other kind of hunting have you done like growing up uh, growing up was primarily small game and then whitetail. Um, my dad was a big whitetail hunter, mainly rifle, because back then bow was kind of, you know, outdated. No one wanted to do it. He still did it, but he never really involved me with it too much, um, which made sense because I was a young punk kid, didn't want to listen. <laughs> and even when we went out whitetail, you know, we'd sit in the shack and like it'd be like as soon as that sun came up i'd be eyes wide open just watching watching and 10 minutes later i'm like this is boring i need to move me out of here yeah and then he'd like yell at me because i'm making a little squeak in my chair and then five minutes later he's passed out snoring so Mm. loud and i'm looking at him like (laughs) what do you come on he just wanted to be quiet so he could take a snooze (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly exactly it's like 11 o'clock you know deer aren't moving and he's just yelling at me for making a little squeak and then he (laughs) passes out but yeah that's primarily it like i never did any waterfowl um 
I did a little bit of pheasant hunting because my uncle, he, he's nerdy like we are, and he, you know, raises his own pheasants. And mm-hmm. so we did that. Which is my neighbor. Yeah. Which I did not know until this year, yep, which is pretty yep. cool. Yeah, well, so, yeah. yeah, first time I came over, I'm like, like, this is your place, huh? And he's like, yep. I'm like, yeah, my uncle is right there. I was there. like, no way. That's yeah. your uncle. That's just really cool. Yeah, so you need pheasants or uh, I don't know if he's doing chuckers or partridges this year, but. Yeah, he usually does quite a few things. Yeah, yeah. that's good. He does oh, way too many things, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> that's cool. So so, so you, kind of like Tyler, maybe not quite as intense because Tyler's dad was big into small game hunting, but you liked small game hunting more growing up because mm-hmm. you could move and be active and yep. do that kind of thing. So how, where, at what point did fishing come into the life like for you? So fishing was as far back as I could remember, like even before going out small game and stuff like that, because no matter what age I was, my dad would be like, let's go either, you know, carrying me around in some sort of contraption or I could walk and do my own thing and have my own fishing pole. And it's something that anyone at any age can do. So Mm -hmm. my dad's like, yep, let's go. Let's go. We'd go hit all the little creeks, you know? So you started river fishing right away. Yeah. Okay. Cause like when I grew up, we didn't have a whole lot of money or anything like that, so we never had boats or anything. Still don't really have boats, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you don't need a boat for a river. Nope. You just walk right in. Nice. So, you used to, so that's how – so I did not even close to that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I grew up – my dad wasn't a fisher, you know. He just thought that was a waste of time because he's just mm-hmm. busy, business owner, always had other things to do. So I'd always take along with my uncle or grandpa – and it was always bluegills. Like, that was the thing we did. Little John boats or whatever. Right. And uh, so I had experience with little ponds, little lakes, and, yeah, fishing with a bobber and hammering bluegills. Mm-hmm. And then I, I I can remember going to a campground, and I remember I was, I shoot, I had to be like five, five years old. I could just start riding my bike without training wheels. And uh, I did something at the campground I wasn't supposed to, so my dad was like, <laughs> you are not fishing with uncle tonight. And I was devastated. So, but he let me go with him. So I never watching my uncle fish and he caught this huge catfish out of this pond. Yeah. It was at a campground. So he pretty easy fishing, I guess. But I remember I was so upset that I couldn't fish. I found some, uh, <laughs> some fishing line that was all tangled up in a tree yep. and I got it out of the tree and had a hook on it. Thank goodness. I tie it to a stick and then there was like these little blue dragonflies like all over, you know, oh, like, yeah, you get like those damsel, little, little gypsy. Flies. Yeah. They'll yeah. be all over. And I remember smashed one of those put it on a hook and whipped it out there like probably cast it like you know a couple feet and i caught a perch or not perch but a bluegill yeah and i was like so excited by that and being a little kid you know i i couldn't contain my excitement so we got back to the house there was like, what'd you catch my uncle caught this big you know catfish and stuff like that and i was like well i caught a you know i caught a bluegill mm, and my and dad was, was like well you did what and i was like <laughs> oh man and i got nabbed but i remember him telling me later that uh you know he was like that's pretty good of you to you know i told you you couldn't bring your fishing pole but i never told you you couldn't make your own out there but yep. i still got in trouble i probably didn't fish for the rest of the week but oh yeah that was my punishment so yeah i i didn't step foot on a river i had to be almost a teenager because i think my uncle took me to the dam mm-hmm. in rockford actually yep. and we went out there like it was i felt like middle of the night it was probably just as it got dark i don't remember anymore but right. we tried to catch some salmon or whatever that would come into the dam and I actually caught a catfish that night, and that was the coolest really, thing for me. Yeah, I caught a yeah, I caught a catfish. It wasn't oh, very cool. big, but yeah, I caught one of those. 
well, that was my only experience, but it wasn't a great experience for me because I'm a little kid, you know, I'm with mm-hmm. all these, and it was pretty busy. I don't know how, I mean, you we've all heard about how busy dams can get, but oh yeah, it was, I didn't really know what I was doing and I felt very intimidated because I was younger, you know, and every time someone, you know, I got a fish, you got to reel your pole. And if you don't reel it in quick enough, you get yelled, blah, you know, all yeah, those oh, intricacies. Yeah. I just it's never knew. Combat fishing. Yes. Yeah, so it is. once that happened, my desire to step foot in a river and fish was like zero. And growing, you know where I live. Like, there's yeah. tons of little lakes all over. So when I did fish, that's all I did. But you, mm-hmm. like, let's you just like your dad's like we're going to the river. So like, yep. what did you primarily like fish for when you did that as a kid? So whenever we went, um, one like one of the first poles my dad bought me was an ultralight, right? And then there's like a medium rod, maybe. So those were the two, and we'd always take those with. And on the medium rod, it would just be a big old night crawler you know, a couple sinkers, wing that into the river, let it bounce down until it gets hung up on a rock. Mm-hmm. And then you literally just set it on a crotch of a stick and let that one sit there. And then the ultralight rod, you would just have a little spinner on there. It's still probably the deadliest thing for trout, man, nice. is a little spinner, whether it be Meps or Panther Martin, it doesn't yep. matter. And that was on the ultralight and you just flip that out, you know, upstream a little bit, reel in and usually two or three casts like that you'd have some sort of brown trout or rainbow on there and being a kid you know that was cool just catching fish fish right away yeah because you're able like that was the thing with bluegill fishing like you just cast out there and kind of sit there and just wait for it to you know bobber to hit bobber goes down casting and like kind of like bass fishing almost in a a lake where you're casting yeah yeah you're you're always moving you know and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and then so what would you catch on the the crawler that would just kind of hang up or (laughs) same thing with trout and stuff or what were you kind of targeting with that usually like with a big uh night crawler on like that it'll be a nice size brown trout and Mm -hmm. you're always fishing at night for those big browns because they like coming out and just they're big meat eaters man gotcha so, yeah, usually on the crawler, you'd get a decent-sized brown, and then every once in a while, you'd just get this monster brown, and, like, you're just, like, especially being a kid, your heart's just thumping, <laughs> you're like, oh, man, oh, man, this is the biggest fish, and it's, yeah. like, you know, 14 inches, which isn't but crazy. Still, but at the time, I mean, that's as oh, big yeah, as your for, arm, Yeah, you know? as a kid, oh, yeah, you're like, this fish is as big <laughs> oh, as me. That's great. So that was, like, your, well, that was, like, your exciting, mm-hmm. like, when you went and did that with your dad, it was, like... Like, you probably couldn't sleep or you're just pumped the whole time knowing you're going to go to the river. And do oh, that. yeah. That's yeah. cool. And it helps, too. Like, my dad's a big trickster. So, like, I remember I got bored fishing down in Rockford below the dam. And I think he might have been going for steelhead, which he never really let me do. And I understand why, because that's a whole different breed of fish right there, even though it's not. But <laughs> um, so I'm just there, and I was dinking around with this crawfish that was in the water. And it was a big one. And... He uh, he moved and a stick came up and flipped a leaf on my boot, and my dad's like, "Oh, you got crawfish on you! Look out!" <laughs> and I about pooped my pants, almost fell in the river. He had to quick grab me, and I'm panicking because you know those things they pinch hard. Yeah. And he's laughing, and he after that he's like, "Yeah, we gotta go," because he's like, "I gotta go to the bathroom, man." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, great, awesome. So that's really cool because I I have like stories like that hunting, you know, like Mm -hmm. goose hunting or doing, you know, all these little things, intricacies. I think that's why, that's why I hope Henry likes it, you know, to go out because of the same kind of thing, get to Mm -hmm. have fun stories and do that. But, uh, so when you're a kid, like how often do you feel like you'd go fishing? Like, is Uh, this something you do pretty regular, like almost weekly or how often would that be? 
when I was little, it was probably about every couple weeks we'd go. And then during the winter, we would do a lot of ice fishing because there's not a whole lot going on. Mm-hmm. But then as I got older, you know, sports started picking up and I got interested in that. So then like the fishing kind of like died out for me until I got to like that high school age. Yep. Because then I would skip school mm-hmm. to go fishing. And mm-hmm. my dad, he didn't like it, but he really couldn't yell at me about it because he did the same <laughs> stuff. So what time of year would be like... So if, obviously for me, if I'm going to, you know, play hooky at school, it's, you know, October, November mm-hmm. kind of thing. When would it be for you? Like, like when you're like, yep, today's a good day to not show up. What would that, what kind of a day was that? That would be like a spring day. So school's kind of starting to wind down a little bit anyhow, or wind up depending on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. And just when I was a kid and didn't really know much about trout before I completely nerded out on it, um, it would be a nice sunny day where you just don't want to be inside. And gotcha. me and Matt would be uh-huh. like, yep, let's uh, hit the river real quick. <laughs> and yeah, so we'd go do that. Nice. So where would you, would like, would you like go for like when you would do that day, what was like considered like a good day? Like when you'd play it, like even like when you're high school age, like when you hit the river quick, was it like you caught a fish? Awesome. Caught a whole bunch of fish, or is it just like um, just to be in there? Because I'm trying to like understand, like talking to my buddy Colt, like trying to see what like a good day for him would be. Like, what's a good day in the river? Because I know guys that will like fish the river every morning before work, right? And they're like coming, in like, oh yeah, man, I had, you know, I had six hits and I landed one, or you know, for me, I'm just like, this is cool. I'm kind of slowly like mm-hmm. learning what that means, and I'm the art of it, I guess. But like for you, like you and your buddy in high school, because like, I know for me. So, like, me and Tyler went – if we went goose hunting during high school after football practice, mm-hmm. if we got to shoot a bunch and we knocked down a couple of geese, we were high five, and that is, like, totally worth it to us, you know? Right. So, like, what kind of a thing would that be for you guys with fishing? So, like, a stellar day skipping school and catching fish would – the number of fish would probably be, like, six, seven, eight, somewhere nice. in there, and it didn't matter what size it was. Just catching. Yeah, just catching them. And then the the – older me now realizes like the best days of skipping school and fishing we didn't even do like a whole lot of fishing it was dinking around like one (laughs) one day we uh we didn't even we skipped to go fishing we went down to the river right at frisk in 12 mile oh yeah i know that area yeah well (laughs) ashley's grandpa that's his farm field there yeah Yeah, well we got stuck in his field (laughs) and we knew he would not be happy about that so we were trying so hard to get out of there get out of there and then finally a tow truck came up and he's like you guys need help we're like yes please fast and he, he pulled us out, and we're like, what do we owe you? He's like, nothing. You guys are idiots. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, oh, cool. And then by then, it's like, yeah, we got to go home now anyhow, because if he sees our truck we're just in trouble. there, yeah, uh, we're in trouble. Oh, that's so. great. So you're the culprit for that. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yep. Trust me, there's been lots, so you're not the only one. Oh, good. So now, as you've gotten – so I'm trying to think, like, trying when you – this fishing thing was, I can see why it's important to you. Or like, why well, you like clinged on to it. Cause that's what mm-hmm. you started at. At what point in time did you kind of say you started nerding out on it? Uh, that would be pretty much when I moved back to Michigan, I moved out of state for about four years, went down South and was doing work and that stuff and moved back up. And a lot of my friends had moved on and everything like that. And I was like, yeah, whatever. So I was kind of just, you know, bumming by myself and, um, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to go fishing just like when I was a kid and da, 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 and you know, my two rods went out there through a crawler and was throwing a spinner and I 
was sitting at the river not catching anything. And just upstream from me is this dude, nice Orvis waders and his fly rod. Oh. And he's just hammering them. Like anywhere from little three-inch dinks up to like nice 16-inch trout. And I'm like, that's it. That's that was, it. You saw it. So, yep, I, I went online and bought a cheap fly rod and started doing a bunch of research on fly fishing. And then that led into uh, how trout would act okay. and what sets them off and temperatures and blah, 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 blah. And it just goes on and on forever. Like, you can drive yourself crazy with how much info is out there on on trout. And then... So how accurate do you feel like that info is? Because that's one thing we always uh, talk about, <laughs> trying to overcomplicate whitetails and stuff like that. It's like, okay, somewhere in the middle is the truth, but, like, how accurate is it actually? Not, not at all. Yeah. That's <laughs> not at all. You yeah. have a great day. You're like, it's because of this and the current and blah, you know, go yeah. through. Yeah. And then if it's a bad day, oh, I knew it was too cloudy today or whatever, you right. know, that kind of thing. Right. But still something you really clung on to. Yeah. That, that's cool. Yeah. So what kind of a, like – how long you see this guy just slaying or just doing great and mm-hmm. you're like i need to be like that to fry rod to you actually like catching fish with that fly rod like was um, it pretty quick or how long did it take it took about two days okay of going out for like three four hours at a time um just because i didn't realize like how much physics would be involved in casting a fly rod <laughs> And then, of course, I didn't do the research of, like, oh, I'm a beginner fly fisherman. How should I fish? <laughs> because you see a fly rod, and you instantly think, you know, false cast, false cast, false cast, and you drop it, and it's a dry fly, and you watch it, and then fish jumps up, bites, yep. set the hook, and you're like, oh, easy. Easy peasy. Well, yeah, because the guys that do it, no, they make it look easy. Uh, yeah, because they cast it trillions of times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That's what no one tells you. <laughs> yep. That 10,000-hour rule, man, that's, that's real. Yep. But... Yeah, it took a few t- like few days to get it down to the point where I could actually catch fish. Okay. And then... See, that's why fishing's cool. So, like, that's talking to Colt a little bit about that. I don't know if we hit the point, but that was kind of what I was thinking. Like, you, you know, you whitetail hunt and you go all year for your one opportunity. Yep. And it could be more, but, like, if you're someone that's, like, trying to dedicate, like, certain caliber of deer or whatever, like, I might go all year and not even have opportunity. If I do, it's one. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, shooting does and, like, pre- more prevalent deer, that kind of a thing, like, it's easier to do. But you go fishing, you can, if you're determined, you get that you have lots of opportunities. And you, you get those small little, you know, adrenaline dumps or excitements more often, more frequent, oh yeah. I guess. Yep. You know? And, well, not only that, you can fish year-round. It, yes. never, it never ends. Yes. And that's one of the things that actually sticks me a lot more with fishing is because it could be the middle of January. And I go, yep throw on some sweatpants, throw on my waders, thick socks, all that jazz. And I, I'll go wade the river in yeah. the middle of January. You're doing what you love. Yeah, You're doing that. exactly. So I got a fly rod for Christmas when I was 12 or 13 years old. My uncle, the same one that took me to the dam the mm-hmm. first time. <clears throat> so I had to be right in that same age. But he got me a fly rod, and I lived a quarter mile away from a nice lake. We didn't live on the lake, but we had uh, neighbors had uh, you know, docks or whatever. And I just get yep. permission to fish off those, but he got me a fly rod. And I want to say it was from Walmart. It might be wrong. I think it was a Shakespeare. If I remember right, it was probably from Walmart. Walmart it was okay, a Shakespeare, Shakespeare. Yeah. But, uh, he taught me how to use that. And it was, it was really nice because, you know, on a dock, you got all the room in the world. Oh, yeah. So like I learned how to do, 
you know, a fly rod would like use kind of was what I was taught. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that there's a different term for it or not, but I would just kind of back make a U and lay it. Yep. And dude, I got so good at doing fly rods for bluegills, like mm-hmm. laying them on the beds. I would go out there with a bucket and just fill it up with bluegills. Just slam you know? all yeah, love morning it. long. But then like I've seen guys fly fish in rivers. I'm like, mm-hmm. how do these guys do this effectively with like no space? Because they're not the biggest area. So, like, how, so, like, obviously, there's probably a different technique to how to use the oh, fly yeah. rod for that. Yep. So, there's a couple different casts. Um, you have what you're talking about where you're watching the U. That would be your, you know, your typical cast or false casting. Mm-hmm. And then the most used cast in the world is a roll cast. And it's so much simpler than doing your false cast like you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. You literally just take the rod tip up and you point it back behind you. You still have your fly rod or fly line in the water, and it kind of makes a D with the rod and the line behind mm-hmm. you, and you snap forward. Ah. And it makes this giant loop, and then it straightens out and bloop, right on the water. So that you don't need the big arcing no, back. Not ah, at all. Okay. Because I always wonder, you know, you see these guys doing it. I'm like, how are they? I've walked, I've kayaked that spot or, mm-hmm. you know, some of the spots like there's rope swings or whatever. So, you yep. know, you go do that. And I'm like, guys are fly fishing back there. How are they doing? But I guess that makes more sense. Yep. And I guess you get probably get really good at oh, judging yeah. distance by being able to do that. Yep. It, yep. And if you are an accurate roll caster, you're set for life. You don't even need to do a, a back cast because you anything. can just flip it. Yeah, because that's kind of another thing. Like with the river fishing, like I've talked to a couple other buddies. Like we've been deer scouting, and uh, he'll come up on like a waterway or creek mm-hmm. or something going through a stream, and I'm just like, cool, a stream because deer, you know, use that to my advantage. How deer would use that? He's like walking the bank, like looking. He's like, oh, dude, I could totally sneak up on some fish right now. Yeah, I, I could just like dump it. Over. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yep. And he's all like breaking down how it looks, you know, and I'm just like, I've never in my life heard someone say, I could sneak up to this edge and dump something over this lip and probably catch something. Oh, yeah. So like, blew, like that was just one of those things I was like, what? These guys that are serious into fishing treat, breaks the river down. Mm-hmm. Like, I, same with the lake, how I break down a property to deer hunt or small game hunt. Right. So there's a lot of parallels with it, which is kind oh, of yeah. cool. But yep. uh, when you, what kind of, a, like, what's an ideal river that you want to fish? Like, what does it look like? What's it got going on? Uh, that that depends on what you're targeting, man. I know that's a cheesy answer to give. So but it, you're it, it going summertime. Let's say you're summer fishing. So summer fishing. That's what we're in right now. Okay, I'd probably be going for rock, uh, not rock bass, smallmouth. Okay, and that would uh, that would be probably the Muskegon for smallmouth. Um, it's a nice wide river. It's deep. It's got tons of rocks that they love. Um, and are you're bringing, you're not doing that with a fly rod. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you are doing that with a fly rod. Dude, there's oh. no rules. True. There's I guess no it, rules. You can catch any fish you yeah, want. On a fly true. Rod. So you're catching smallmouth with a fly rod. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. It's a riot. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, you put a little bug on or see, this is what's cool about this. I don't know much about fishing. So here yeah. I'm talking to all these people and I'm just like enlightened this whole time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, see, and there's, a, so there's a ton of different flies out there too. And it, breaks down to like three different flies right you have your dry flies which is what's sitting on the surface yep. you're probably not going to catch a whole lot of smallmouth that's why i caught bluegills with exactly yep. you'll catch bluegill you'll catch trout probably not smallmouth okay and then there's your nymphs which is basically a bug that's in its baby stage that's underwater 
And if you want to catch trout, that's probably one of the best ways to go because a majority of the, th- the bugs that they eat are underwater, underwater in front of their face. They don't yep. want to jump out and catch something. That's hard. Yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're wasting energy. Yeah, they're wasting energy that Exactly. Way. Yep. And then you have your streamers, which mimic, you know, uh, your fish, other bait fish, um, really huge bugs like crawfish and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And if I was going to go for smallmouth on the Muskegon, I'd be throwing a streamer all day, gotcha. some sort of little bait fish. And how far are you, like, so, like, in a river, like, are you, you're casting and are you dragging that back a ways or is it kind of just chilling there? How are you, like, attacking the river? I guess it depends on holes and um, all that. But Yeah. And it also depends on, like, the flow of the river. And this is when I say, like, you nerd, can really You're starting nerdy. to nerd out. I know. Yeah. That's, yeah. So, it depends on, like, the flow of the river. But what I do most of the time, it's uh, called swinging. So, you'll cast upstream a little bit, like, very little bit. And you'll just let it sink down, and then it'll tumble across the bottom, and it keeps going and going and going. And then it puts a loop in your line, and it swings out. Mm. And then once your line straightens out, it's called stripping in, where you just slowly yes. hand. Yes. Same thing I did for bluegills over beds. Exactly. I would pull it in slowly like that. Yep. Yep. So you just slowly strip it in or fast, depending on what they're doing. Because some days they want slow food, other days they want fast yeah. food. You just never know until you get your boots in the water. Yeah. You know? So. How how long do you stay in that spot to figure out what they want for that day? Like, when is it like, all right, this spot's, I need to move on. Or, like, you get you spend, like, amount of time, you try a few casts one way, do a, a bunch of different ways, different right. presentations, and you move on. So, or, like, fish move in and out a bunch. Like, can you hang up in a spot for a long time if you're not catching anything? Or is oh, it, oh, yeah, you, is can it hang, like, you can hang out in one spot. Because so coyote like, hunting, 20 minutes, no coyote, move on to the next spot. You oh, know, yeah. You yeah. deer hunt a property, and if you don't see nothing for a whole day or whatever that may feel, you're like, yep, this spot's done, mm-hmm. I'm not here. Like, how do you attack that in a moving water where you can't see the fish, you have no idea what's going on, like, how do you have, like, a good judge of that? Like, what's your kind of game plan, I guess? Yeah, so if I was just walking up to the river, um, i just sit there and wait about five minutes before I even get in or anything, and i just sit and stare at the water because my primary target is trout or steelhead or salmon when they're running. But my primary target is trout, so I'll sit and watch. And if they're rising, you know, well, dry fly yep and if they're rising i try to look around and see what kind of bugs are floating around so i can try to match that hatch Mm -hmm. you know start digging through the fly box like (laughs) okay this kind of looks like this this one doesn't but if i take my scissors and cut here here you know we might have something so yeah just sit and watch and then if you don't see anything rising then i'll get in the water and i'll put on i usually throw on a a stone fly immediately because every river has stone flies but you don't know what stage they're at and blah, blah, blah. But I'll throw one on and start doing that, and that's a nymph, so, so it sinks down. Yep. And I'll start doing that, and as I'm doing that, I'm looking all around me to see if there's any sort of action. And if I don't see a fish, that doesn't necessarily mean there isn't one. So I'll stay for like 10, 15 minutes. And if I don't got anything, well, we're either going down or up. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much how my that's first attack. Yeah, that's my how first I find attack. a tree to sit in. Kind of like when yeah. I like go to a property, like what you're saying, you know, I'm uh, or when I'm scouting, mm-hmm. I'm just observing, like looking around, trying to figure out those small little details. I I don't think I ever, if you're like, Nate, you should go fish the river tomorrow. I'd get to the water and whoop, whip something. I never would have thought to like yep. slow down and see that. Mm-hmm. But you've just learned most likely or whatever that 
that is so beneficial that five minutes can be the difference between catching some fish or not Mm -hmm. and that's a cool little detail that i'm sure maybe a lot of people with fish know that but for me no idea yeah for people that like have no idea and are just getting into something like this even if you're not fly fishing that's something you should be doing is just sit and watch yeah. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Oh, you sat in nature for five minutes. Darn. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. that poof, man. <laughs> I better get my cell phone out. Oh, yep. You know. True. But, yeah, that's that's pretty much how I attack any river, whether I fished it a hundred times or first time getting on it. Yep. So, now, do you scout, like, holes out or, like... <laughs> yeah, I did that you, on the way here. Did you really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. What, what is the... Uh, how do you, is it based, what's it based off of to find like a good spot? Cause I know guys do that. They look mm-hmm. for spots. What are you guys looking for? Like, what is the, the MO? Are you just checking water levels? Are you checking like, what kind of stuff are you going through? What's going through your head when you like drive up to that river right. and look at it? Um, so for me, like I focus on rocks, you know, and what is feeding that river, whether it's a lake or a spring or just runoff that's making it go. Um, because trout, they love cold water. That's where they do the best. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm focusing on. So I do, you know, hop on Google maps and go through like, okay, it looks like it's a lake fed. So it should be decently cold and, you know, do some research on the lake and whatnot. And then, um, get behind the wheel of the truck, you know, and start, go look, try to find where it butts up to the road somewhere and, park real quick hop out that's exactly what i just did here down the road because i fished it a million times when i was a kid and i'm like i should go check this out i haven't been here in a while yep and i'm looking and it's all silty bottom there's barely any rocks anymore and i'm like yep this is why people don't fish here anymore because it's not the rocks i've heard that before so that's because they can spawn in the rocks so So like for them to find food what's the what's the thing with rocks rocks they hide the food for them it gives them cover because in michigan the real predator they have here is you know birds yeah so if they can hang out by a rock they're getting protection and food gotcha all at the same time because like i said most of the stuff that they eat is already underwater mm-hmm. so they sit in front of a rock beside a rock or behind a rock whatever's flowing downstream is gonna hit that rock come around and right in they're their mouth waiting for it gotcha. exactly okay yeah and that's that a lot of times that's how i fish if i can't see anything like on the muskegon uh, a year ago I was floating with my buddy and we're in his boat and I was like, stop right here, dude. He's like, why? I'm like, cause there's like a boulder, like the size of a car down there and I want to cast at it. And he goes, you're not going to catch nothing. And I flip down, let it go on one side. I'm like, okay, flip it back up. And it goes around the other side. Whoa. <laughs> 16 inch rainbow. And nice. it, oh, it put on a show, hooked into it, started jumping immediately. And I'm yep. like, Hmm, no fish, huh? No fish. Yep. It was the only fish, but I caught well, it. Well, you got it. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's cool. So that was great to rub it in his face. Yep. Cause, Take that sucker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause he, he's more of a steelhead salmon guy. Okay. And I'm more of a trout guy. Yep. Mainly cause steelhead don't like me. Yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> well, there's lots of steelhead in Michigan, isn't there? Oh, dude, it's probably our best game fish. Yeah, honestly. But I've been going after steelhead, like hardcore targeting steelhead since 2014, and I've hooked into hundreds of them, and I've yet to land one. Really? Yeah. Okay, so that's something I didn't. It's taken me a few years to kind of comprehend. Yeah, me too. Hooking <laughs> fish does not mean you land fish in a river. Yes. Because, like, when you bass fish, if you get a bass on, there's, I don't know what the percentage would be. 
eighty percent chance you're gonna land it. Maybe more. With, like with bass, I'm gonna hate on the bass fishermen on, that listen to this because anyone a monkey could catch a bass. Okay, yeah, and like bass fishermen, they got like eighty pound braid, eighty yep. pound leader on that. Yeah, of course you're gonna catch the fish. It ain't yep. gonna snap off or nothing. Yeah, they're ripping it right into the boat. I've right, seen the exactly. Video, so you're in a know. lake. You're not gonna be grinding up on rocks and cut your line. You yep. know, like yeah, of course you're gonna land the fish. Yep. But with uh, with steelhead. They're a big fish, yeah. first of all. Um, it, all it is is a rainbow, just huge. So they go out to the big lakes, live their life, and then they come in, yep. you know, the spring and fall, and they'll spawn. And then they hang out for a little bit, and then they go back out to the big lakes. So you have two opportunities a year to catch these, like, solid opportunities. You can catch them, actually, all year round. Oh, okay. So some of them stay in the rivers. These things have eluded you since 2014. You can catch them all year long? I know. My buddy told me. I was was, was all geeked. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go on my buddy's podcast, talk about fly fishing. And he's like, yeah, you're going to tell him how you can't catch a steelhead? And I'm like, yeah, I am, because I don't need someone finding out later on. Like, this guy came in here and acting like an expert, and he's never even landed one. Every guy that's in the river now is going to be like, all right, that dude's got a beard that you could braid. Is that him? Is he going <laughs> to yeah, catch the steelhead or guy? not? Is that that guy? <laughs> is that him? <laughs> yeah. No. Like, so there was one time I was fishing with my buddy Andrew. He's the one that's taught me everything I know about steelhead and salmon, because before I didn't care about it. Mm-hmm. But then I found out, I'm like, oh, they're just giant trout. Yeah, let's do this. And they yeah, taste it piqued good. your interest. Yeah. Yeah, because I've only ever caught them on charter fishing, like on the big Dude, lake. That's all charter I've Charter fishing done. is the most boring fishing Yeah, in the world. and I puked my brains out last time I went. So. Yeah, that's the, I heard that. I heard yeah, that. I, heard, I couldn't talk the next day. I puked so much. It was six hours oh. of misery for me. But my wife, you know, like she caught quite a few. It was a good time. It was a great, I mean, I've done it a handful of times. It was a great Mm-hmm. except for the puking nonstop, you know? So, right. but yeah, that was, so I've seen steelhead. That's how I've seen them get caught. You know, I've been, you know, drive around by the rivers around mm-hmm. and you see guys hook into fish and you see pictures and all that, but I've never, I've never like been like, you know what? I need to target those in the river. It's those weird to me uh, that fish that big are in some of the rivers they're in. Like, it's hard for me to be like, there's just these like kind of like, like monsters in this river river monsters yeah yeah that's my thing i don't like water really that much i love swimming but oceans are a big no for me for sharks like with Mm -hmm. cold i was like yeah that's a no for me yeah i know but this whole like knowing that a river can hold that many fish that big is Mm -hmm. just really odd and then you know you know living close to grand rapids you always see all the guys just piling in there catching them and stuff or whatever more more, there more combat fishing and that's for salmon and steelhead right there yes um so but you've never caught one, and you've tried I've hard. hooked you've hundreds, hooked. <laughs> sir. I've hooked hundreds of them. But when it comes to landing it, man, it's it's a different ball game. Because if it's a real finicky day, you got to put such a tiny leader on. Like, we're talking like six, eight-pound Because they can see it. Yeah. That's why? Okay. Yeah. So And they're smart fish, really smart fish. Gotcha. Like, as soon as you hook into one, you can't horse it in like a bass. But you have to actually sit and fight it and pay attention to what's going on. You actually steer the fish with your rod to keep it out of the rocks or mm-hmm. keep it out of the current, trees, whatever it may be. And then, like, yeah, it's it's it's, it's such a pain, and they're a big, strong fish. So once I figured out, like, oh, I got to really learn how to control this fish, I can steer the fish and everything just fine now. But my problem is now is I keep breaking hooks. 
in these guys. Because you're a bigger guy. Does that have something to do with it? Are you, like, trying to overpower them to a point? Or, like, <sighs> you don't know? Dude, I don't know because I've had so many of my buddies sit there and just watch me as I'm fighting this fish. And they're like, I wouldn't have done anything different. So it's just a monkey on your back. Yeah, dude. So it, it, goes, it goes back to putting so in right that now, time. If you catch one. You have to come back on a redemption oh, yeah. podcast for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'll that's definitely so, yeah, do that. That's... But, like, there's been a few times where, like, I get it to the boat or, uh, like, the PM will be just standing in it because the PM, to me, it's not really a river. It's more of a creek. Yes. And, like, I've had that fish, and I can see hook and mouth, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And my buddy Andrew goes to, you know, net it for me, but he needs glasses and he never wears them. Oh. And he straight up Poseidon that thing <laughs> and snapped my line. And I'm like, I just stared at him. Come on, uh, And I go, I'm not talking to you for the rest yeah, of this Yeah, you need a better guide or a better net guy. That's yeah, we need a better net guy. <laughs> yeah, net and he's like, he's like, oh, it was hooked to the back. I'm like, it was not hooked in the back, sir. I see it. Oh, yeah. man. But, it's going to be... Yeah, because that was something that talked about Colt. He grew up by the the PM, so like yep. he knew a lot of. And I, my experience of seeing that, I was like, "What is going on? Like, I don't understand why is this." And now hearing you kind of talk about it, that makes a lot more mm-hmm. sense. Why I saw what I saw because they'd be fighting it, you know. And then the guide is like, "It's cold out," and he is just full commit to yep. get in the water and do what he can because I guess I didn't really realize it was that easy to lose the no, fish. No, there, there's plenty of guys out there just like me that have been going hard at these fish for years and still haven't landed so, one. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's not unheard of. Like, I tell people, like, yeah, I've never caught one or I've never landed one. That's what I tell them. I've never, never landed, landed one. one. Yep. And he's like, yeah, join the club. Yep. So that's why when a guy comes in late to work and he landed one fish, he's ecstatic because it could have yeah, been steelhead. If, it, if it's a steelhead, it really is a big yeah, deal. It gotcha. could be a big deal. Yeah, gotcha. Yep. And then, See, now I'm, I like that because I'm like learn like you know I'm always pumped. If you're pumped, I'm pumped. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily understand. It's like me trying to like someone who's not into whitetail hunting. I show them this buck down here in my room. Mm-hmm. You know, like I can break down this hunt and why that is important and all the things that go into it to someone else they just see a picture of me with that deer they come here and be like yeah this is a really, that's a really big antler deer that's cool right, right. and they're happy because i'm happy but they don't have any idea the backstory or the journey or all that stuff yeah 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 exactly. so that's kind of cool doing this like i'm starting to like learn more i don't know at what point in time i'll get into river fishing more but well i already sent you an offer to take you and yes, ashley out because I, 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 I know she wants to get on the river you she's said gonna that be on a podcast yep, she's gonna be she knows yep. <laughs> so but that would be like it's a cool thing i like so when I take someone new hunting, I, you know, try my best to like bring them in slow or try to like explain the whole intricacies of it. Like, you know, we're doing this, why we're doing this. Okay. We're shooting does or we're not, or, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah. You go through the whole thing, but it's a really hard concept to grasp or to like portray. Cause it takes a lo- like a long time. Like fishing is really a good thing to get someone new into because, it's more, it's like small game hunting a little bit. Like you're active, you're doing stuff. You're, it's a right. lot of species, different things. You can slowly bring someone along. But for me, like being immersed in hunting at a high level, I kind of like, I want to be like, kind of, I don't want to cheat by any means, but I want to be at least educated. Like, okay, right. what does this mean to be high level? What does this mean to be like intense into this? So then I can kind of find my groove. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously I'm not going to go in and be like, yep. I'm going to go walk in this river. I'm going to land the first steel I had a hook into. Like, 
I might have thought that until oh, talking yeah. with you. Yep. Like I'd be like, oh sweet, I hooked one because I'd be like, oh what, oh what happened? And I'd have no idea that it's like a struggle. Just right. like it's a struggle to shoot a five and a half year old buck in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Like oh, if you don't yeah. know, like so I almost like knowing this now because if I go catch one and like maybe who knows you always hear the guy that goes mm-hmm. go over there and he shoots this giant buck you know and he doesn't yep. realize what happened i want to be educated and yeah hearing this stuff it's like i see the allure like i mm-hmm. see why it's no, no pun intended no there. pun intended again yeah. i might have done that before but that's not on purpose but uh, <laughs> i it's it's a parallel like mm-hmm. you guys are going through you're you're doing the prep work you're doing all this stuff. You're like reading the water in a way, and you're either trying to target the biggest fish you can, or try to target a certain species of fish. And then you're also like, like you just said, like you have a smaller leader, mm-hmm. so you're putting yourself at a disadvantage because yep. you have a smaller. So like you grab a bow or traditional equipment or whatever, you're limiting yourself compared to a rifle. Exactly. So like you're doing similar things. That, that's the journey. That's what's, that's the, all the meaning behind it. So I really mm-hmm. like the parallels with it. It's really cool. Right. Yeah. There, there is a lot of similarities between, you know, hunting and fishing, especially fly fishing. Um, for like me, I tie all my own flies. I love tying flies. It, it like, if the weather's crappy out, it's not going to be good hunting. It's not going to be good fishing. Oh, Guess I'm tying some flies because you're gonna break off a million times anyhow. So also like you like how many flies are we talking that you'll tie? Um, at a time? No, like if you're like, hey, for this season or whatever, how many? I guess how many flies do you have chilling in your tackle box? So right now I haven't been fishing a whole lot lately because work's been crazy. But there's probably 300 flies in there. And you tied all those yourself? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so how long does it take to tie a fly? The, well, that uh, here's another crappy answer. It depends. Okay, so there's yeah, a lot of it, like detail if work. Yeah, okay. if you're tying an egg, I can tie an egg in like two minutes. It's super okay. easy. You just take your foam or yarn and quick wrap gotcha. it around the hook, pull it tight, tie it off. But like in my head, I'm envisioning like a fly that you see on the river out west floating on top of so the So like water. a dry fly? Yeah, like how so long those, does that take? Those, some of those guys take a very long time. And you I'm just not burn, gonna lie. And you just burn like, through those. Like you'll yeah. just go through a bunch of them. Well, you plant all these, you know, uh, food pots True, for whitetail. Yes. True. That's what I'm saying. A parallel. Like that's exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So you you will have to like this is a commitment. Like what yeah. you're saying to do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, honestly, so relaxing. I guess like it's oh like, yeah, super relaxing. Meet, meet uh, fletching arrows or like sharpening yep. broadheads. It's like some of that kind of fun, like secondhand fun. Like you're doing it because yeah. it's part of the journey. Okay, yeah, exactly. Like when you nerd out on all your bow hunting stuff yes. and everything like that. It's the same way with tying flies. Very similar actually, because you're talking about putting your own fletchings on. You know, yep. feathers. Hello, yeah, that goes on a fly. There you go. But yeah, it's and th- that's actually one of the reasons why I'm trying to get back into hunting um now because it's like you got a pheasant and a turkey behind you and a part uh yeah partridge yeah prairie chicken i think yeah i don't know what the correct term but north dakota bird yes yeah there you go um all three of those birds i can tie flies with those oh yeah so you can use all that nice yeah so geese can you do anything with geese yep geese biot i don't know where the hell that feather comes from but they got them they're on (laughs) yeah i'll figure it out okay um and then whitetail you know um 
their tails literally you can tie tons of flies with their tails and then their bellies elk uh, yep squirrel That's, tails right squirrel for, tail i remember i saved up a bunch of those when i was a little kid for meps or whatever yep they, they still do that dude. oh really yes dude, when you I, when you buy one of their spinners on the back of the box it says really? mail your tail yeah dude i had a pile of those yep. when i was a kid because i lived in a cul-de-sac mm-hmm. so i think there was only like six houses maybe and pine trees and all this stuff we had tons of squirrels and everyone had a bird feeder so they're like nate we need you to eradicate all <laughs> rabbits and all squirrels so i was just laying them down oh, yeah. pump bb gun you know yeah and i had a pile of those and i did you get paid for no you didn't get paid but you got lures right yeah Is that, i don't so, know that's how they did it i know i know like they did some contests ago. i know they did some contests back in the day okay. where if you sent it like if you were the highest whatever they would send you some stuff um I didn't read too closely because I'm like, no, I'm going to use these myself. Now, yeah, man. do it yourself. See, you're like that. Yeah. I'm like, heck yeah, I don't want it those. Yeah, I think I got, man, I sent a bag of them in, and I feel like I got a couple lures. Like, I got some maps. Like, nothing crazy. I remember thinking, I was like, man, all those tails, I could have made probably, <laughs> like, thousands of what I just got, you know, kind it, of thing. Exactly. Still, exactly. It was still fun. I didn't know they still did that. That's yep, cool. Still do that. Nice. Unless, well, well, I'm going to just give them to you now. Oh, there you go. I'll take them. them, Yeah, yeah. I'll take them. But even rabbit, man, you can use rabbit for. I've used my beard. You know, don't it don't matter. That's so cool. Yeah. And so, what is the? Does Tony have a secret secret weapon of your own handmade? No. Um. No. So there's, they're calling recipes or patterns or receipts, whatever you want to call it. But there's already so many of them out there that coming up with your own pattern Mm -hmm. is good luck because you're gonna one day like oh look post on instagram i just made this pattern and i caught my first steelhead with it yeah, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. <laughs> and then everyone's gonna be like no it's this pattern you just change colors good job yeah ding dong like, oh man yeah so gotcha. no i don't i don't like every once in a while when i get tired of tying the same patterns over and over again you know i'll like oh okay let's get artsy here and start going through my box and like, oh, I haven't used any of these feathers mm-hmm. or I haven't used this fur yet. So why don't we give it a shot, you know? And then all the synthetics and stuff out there for tying flies now too. Yeah. So yeah, every once in a while I get creative. That's a good, but that's a good thing to do. Like to like we could live in like you talked about how busy work is for you. Like I know like mm-hmm. you're what you do for a job. Like that's a lot going on. Like you could just grind it out like it's just you're going all day every mm-hmm. day like you said your summer's kind of slipping away from you doing something like that is like a really good grounding thing kind of for me like yeah coming down here even if it's later at night like just to lay my stuff out or you know maybe grab a gun and clean it or you know pull up like you talk about pulling up you know mapping to look at the rivers i like to do that with like hunting properties it's just like a really good spot to get like you like today's world it's so hard to just get in this mental fog you know, with yep. like the Groundhog Day kind of, maybe not necessarily that to that extent, but it's like, okay, what I'm, let's reground myself. What makes it, you know, what's happy, what's kind of thing we can do. And that's why I like doing all the hunting stuff because mm-hmm. it's easy for me to do that. It's easy to me to like, you know what? I don't need to do this right now because I need to just like, let's just me, Henry and Ashley, let's just, we're just gonna go for a drive. We're gonna look for some bucks, you yeah. know, let's go do something like that. Or we're just going to hop in the truck and we're going to go see if we can shoot a squirrel or we're going to go goose hunt. Like 
goose hunting's coming up. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a big goose hunter, but I'm pumped to do it. Like, me and right. Henry are going to be, like, talking about it. We're like, all right, let's get all prepped, try to find the fields. Like, you're just doing all those things just to kind of, like, bring enjoyment to your life. And that's not, that's not – I don't need that with a form of a pill or a form of a needle or anything like that. You or know, a this, cell phone. Cell, exactly. Yeah. Yes, the cell phones, that's a – to tune out it's easy to do that with yeah that. so doing these kind of things is really good and like it sounds like the fly thing like you talk about that I was like i can relate like these oh, things yeah. i do for that yeah so like i drive truck for a living you know that mm-hmm. people listening don't but i drive truck so by the time i get done after 10 12 hour day doing that my brain is just zapped it's mm-hmm. fried so i get home and versus just shutting my brain off and staring at a screen for hours i try to like don't get me wrong i still watch tv or play on my phone but i'll whip out the vice and i'll start okay let's tie some flies because i can shut my brain down and do that Mm -hmm. you know because there's a ton of easy flies out there like if anyone wants to start tying flies jake rubber leg it is (laughs) so dumb easy to tie like five minutes done five minutes done boom 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 and it's they're pretty cheap to tie to nice but so yeah. there's yeah there that's another cool thing like you can take this fishing thing as far as you want yep like you know you don't have to have the crazy thousands and thousands of dollars worth of equipment to go out and have a great time oh yeah exactly like that first fly rod i bought it was a combo so it came with a reel in a case in fly line and it was 150 bucks on amazon sick yeah <laughs> it's like yes yeah and i i caught so many freaking fish with that and you know it wasn't an orvis like i throw a little shade at them because you know they're they're the top tier expensive stuff and i get because you're paying for their knowledge you know they've been around forever so whatever that's something you can build towards though too like i feel like if you have to like i have some high-end gear but i've like worked my way up to that high-end gear over all these years if someone comes down here and they're like hey what do you use for you know, a bow or what kind of a deer rifle do you have or what kind of a what do you coyote hunt with mm-hmm. and i would like go show them what i got and they're like oh that's really cool like yeah it is really cool how much is it it's like i don't really want to tell you you know because yeah. it's like kind of yep. like why did i do that but that was like years of that you know like that's right. not the first gun i took out like i used to coyote hunt with a ruger 1022 back in the day yeah you know or this like you talked about like a pump shotgun like tyler's got this pump shotgun he's been rocking since he was a little kid yeah because that's just what he loves and does that so you can do these things yeah muscle not, memory rack it back twice yeah, as fast as you can and you can wit- <laughs> you are a testament to that isn't that amazing it how is. he does that it is oh it's gosh so great to watch and i told you too i was like all right <laughs> we were out there and i you could see where the dogs were hear the dogs and tyler was over by them like okay like one's gonna probably run by him you need to watch because he will just hammer mm-hmm. and he and he was a good distance away and we saw him shoot and i was like and it was one of those things where it was like two shots but they were so close together we're so far away i was like i think i he shot twice and you're like i think so too but i'm not sure yeah and well you'd warned me you're like he's gonna shoot twice watch yeah and he did and it was so close together that it was one thing of smoke going in the field yes because it was so Just fast together. and i'm like oh well yep. he got the rabbit i two guess shot tyler <laughs> yep he did it <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean that's the thing that's why if anyone can get anything from all these podcasts, like talking mm-hmm. about different things, is that you can get into the outdoors, and there's so many different avenues. You started as a young, a young kid doing mm-hmm. that, like you said, two pulls, like a weight and a night crawler, yep. like, and you had a great, you have, a, you have memories that you are gonna take with you the rest of your life. They get to do, and that like built that foundation for you to like enjoyment and doing that. Yeah, I have 
I got brought out to the woods in a sleeping bag as a kid, you know, like that kind of thing. I didn't have like a cushy, you know, super expensive deer blind and, Mm -hmm. you know, all this crazy stuff. Like it was just, let's get out here and do this, you know, as you can take it as far as you want, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And the river thing, I never really thought about the river just being a very easy, like outlet to go fishing. Like to me, it was always lakes, but like you said, Mm -hmm to get across that lake to go fish over there you gotta have a nice boat or access to a boat or whatever that may be i just was fortunate enough to live there and be neighborly friends and just hey can i fish there yeah you live right there go for it i have all these docks but i never even grasped that concept that lake fishing kind of has different limitations opposed to the river fishing so oh yeah that's kind of that's kind of well that and another huge side to the river fishing is rivers hold every type of fish there is lakes they either are planted fish or fish that have been there forever and you're pretty limited on what you're going to catch out of there because like uh even in the rogue river there like on the top side of the dam when we when i lived down in rockford i'd go there with a bait caster and i'd catch pike all day right there nuts to me yeah (laughs) yeah nuts right yeah and i've heard that before there's pike in there yeah crazy my uh my brother-in-law caught a 14 inch perch out of there (laughs) and i got the picture to prove it because no one believes me every time i tell them that yeah because like grand river surgeon like there's dinosaurs Mm -hmm. in the grand river you know like things like that what a cool opportunity yeah and those are amazing fish too yeah um did you hear about my boat ever talk about my bow fishing Mm -mm. experience so I went bow fishing one time. I have a really nice bow fishing uh, bow right there. Oh yeah, I've yep. used it once. <laughs> but we I, went, dude, I'm got in the old same boat. quick. We got old. We were like, oh, this is a great idea. We did it one time. We're just exhausted. I shot a few fish that night. It was cool. But yeah, we went to a channel and we're like, oh, he's like, I think this will be flooded and we'll, it's summertime. You know, there should be some. You know, we're going for carp or whatever. And we went all up in there, didn't see anything. And as we were coming out into the Grand River there was a fish and I'm on the front of the boat and I was like, like it freaked me out. Mm -hmm. I was like, this fish was giant. Mm -hmm. And I was like, he's like, why did you shoot it? I was like, it was so big. I didn't want to. And I had no idea what it was. Like, Oh, it's a good thing you did. You'd be in jail. Exactly. So (laughs) be wary of what you shoot at. But like a year later, we're talking to a guy who was like really serious about bow fishing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, we went here, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, I saw the biggest carp. I think I've ever seen. He's like, where were you? And I was like, dude, he's like, dude, there's sturgeon up and down that area. Yeah. You, I was like, that's what it was. Cause then it clicked. Yeah. It was really long. Like I'm talking like over six feet, like oh, yeah. giant. And the back was weird. Cause you know, carp have that color and it was like, yep. it just didn't look right to me. Big scales. Yep. Yeah. And I was a sturgeon. So like that was, yeah, that was my bow fishing experience for that nice bow sitting there. But yeah, that was, <laughs> that's cool. I mean, that's the, the fun thing about that, but you, I want to kind of like roll into, you talked about wanting to get a little more into hunting. Yep. Obviously you did the rabbit hunt this winter because the ice fishing wasn't as great. So yeah. you did that and that's something you really like. Mm-hmm. And then you've, you're kind of dabbling into the bow, or bow hunting, right? Kind of what yep. you want to do. Yep. So last fall, um, I told my buddy Cody, who's, he's all in the bow hunting and whitetail is supreme. And so I started talking to him and uh, a few years prior to that, I took out a recurve, a uh, really nice traditional takedown recurve, and I, I smoked a doe, and of course, it sh- shot right into the swamp, and I spent like six hours trying to find it, and I couldn't find it, and I know it died out there, and I'm like, man. Mm. Yeah, so I was like, okay, I'm not I'm not doing that again. What a great <laughs> what a great way to start that. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So yeah. I'm like, all right, I just need to, you know, nut up, buy nice uh, you know, um, 
setup. Yeah, nice setup. And so I started talking to him, seeing like, oh, well, what do you use? What do you use? Da, da, da. And I've had shoulder surgery before. And my big thing with the compound bows is if, for whatever reason, you're not going to sling that arrow and you got to bring it back down. Mm-hmm. The cams are got such a lobe on them that it slams down. Yep. And it's going to dislocate that shoulder immediately. I know because I've done it. Mm-hmm. And... That's why I was going with recurve because, you know, it's a constant. Smooth. Smooth. And it's smooth. Yeah, right. it builds slowly. I have a torn labrum in my right shoulder. Yeah, so that's the same thing. Yeah, so, like, there, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's mm-hmm. definitely a difficult thing to deal with. Yeah, so um, talking with him, and he's like, oh, the cam shape, this, that, the other. And we narrowed it down to a, a PSE. Like, that'll be my bow brand forever just because of what they do with the veteran community and stuff like that. Yep. So um, I was like, that's what I want to go with. And he's like, okay. So we started going through everything, and we saw that the DNA has a nice, subtle, you know, lobe on it. Nice. And he's like, I think my buddy has one. And I'm like, well, that doesn't mean he's going to sell it. He's like, no, all he does is buys bows. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe. Yep. So he went and talked to him, and the guy hemmed and hawed and hemmed and hawed. And it's like getting closer and closer to, you know, opening day. And finally, like two weeks before opening day, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll sell it. 400 bucks. Everything nice. on it goes which I was thankful for because I was like, sweet, that's less research I got to do and Mm -hmm. less money. Yep. So I get it, and I start slinging arrows out of it, and I'm like, oh, I am rusty. Mm. So I was like, I'm not going out this year. That's what you, uh, Ashley and I have in common with this thing where I'm like, no, I need to, like, be on it, you know, at least two months beforehand and start slinging some arrows. Confidence is key, especially when you had that, you know, recurve experience. Mm -hmm. Like, that can be crippling. You know, like, it's it's not easy. Like, people are like, oh, you killed deer. It's hard to explain, like, the responsibility. You kind of feel that personal responsibility to do that. And then I've I've wounded deer, not found them. So, like, I, the first three deer, I think... I think I shot two or three deer with a bow when I was a kid before I mm-hmm. killed my first one with a bow. And it almost, it, like, I was going to be a hunter. Like, I am a hunter. I'm going to kill deer. Like, that's my family. Yep. I'm doing this. But that was tough for me, like, still to, like, once yeah. I finally got that monkey off my back with that, it was hard. So, I, I mean, as an adult, you know, I was a kid dealing with that. Like, you're an adult. Like, you know more. You're more mature. All this stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff going on. So Right. And, like, I don't know. For me, it's as soon as, you know, you squeeze that trigger – as soon as you know land that fish in the net or release your bow that's when responsibility kicks in because mm-hmm. you just decided that you're responsible enough to take that life yep you know even with if, if you're just going out to catch fish and release them as soon as that fish hits that net especially with a trout you know you just you just took that responsibility with their life yes and no one wants to make them suffer at all mm-hmm you know, well, at least responsible people. Respond. I was just going to say the people who care, the people that I want to be affiliated with. You're right. You exactly. Know, that kind of a thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, and I get, like, it, fishing is kind of weird because some people, like, with the carp thing, you know, people don't really eat them. You can, mm-hmm. sure. But, and I'm even guilty of this where, you know, I'll go out bow fishing, get a bucket full of carp and... You know, just go yeah, dump go it in the garden. Fields. Yeah, that's what yeah. we told. They're better for compost. Yeah, right. That's an education thing. You know, we there's a point in line when like you're educated to an extent. Like that's mm-hmm. how I was. Brought, I 
I was brought up thinking that with carp. That's what everyone did. Or you brought it to a local guy that you knew that liked it, and you're like, yeah, take them all. Or yep. a lot of one gardens, they work great to grow vegetables. Okay, that's right. what we Put were all doing. that nitrogen right into that ground. That's what we thought. No, now as we've educated ourselves more, you, there's other you know avenues. I'm, I'm going to stop you with the educate yourself more right. on this, because if you just rewind and go back in history, carp were actually the fish that like the kings and queens ate. No way. 100%. I'm not even joking. So, so that's the thing. Like, well, how much of this do we, you know, like that's the thing. Like, well, right. what kind of rabbit hole do you go down? Right, right. Wow. So, yeah, just delicacy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what it was considered back yeah. in the day. It was a delicacy. Wow. So it's like, okay, our cooking, our cooking methods must have changed to the yes. point where we don't remember how to cook that properly. Yep. But I don't know. So, anyways, I feel like you once you get to the point where you're confident with a bow, just hearing how you talk about fishing, I think the the transition to like the woods, the stewardship, mm-hmm. like if you already kind of like look at a river and like break down a river, how you do and be well versed, I think breaking down properties to figure out how deer move is going to probably come pretty easy for you. Yeah. You know, I yep. think, and I think you're going to enjoy that. I think that's why oh, you're probably, you can probably tell already. Yeah. I know I'm going to, because mm-hmm. like you asked me to be on this a while ago and I'm like, Oh, kind of busy life, blah, blah, blah. So I started listening to, you know, Michigan Wild Podcast, and that's where I've been getting all my whitetail information from so far. Nice. So if I don't shoot a big buck this year, it's your fault. <laughs> oh, I got to do better is what you're saying. Yeah, you I don't want to be that guy up. that's netting that steelhead bad. You know, I'll try to give you as much uh, experience as I can. But. Yeah, no, but, it, well, that goes back to the beginning where I said you got to put your time in, man. Yes. You know, that's you another thing. Like, you know that. So like you're going into understanding this is a journey. Mm-hmm. Like with AJ, you know, talking about him, it was a journey for him. Yep. And I mean, I, I mean, I like to think that I know a lot about whitetails because I've been just doing it for so long. But like, I was like right there with him every step of the way. And I go, like, I didn't shoot a buck with anything last year. So, like, it's one of those things where it's a lot of effort. But, like, I know, like, if I'm successful this year, it's because of what I did last year. Exactly. And what I do this summer. So, like, having that yep. mindset, like, you're talking about, like, you just went and spent some time today looking at a, a river, if it's worth mm-hmm. spending time in. And you're like, nope, doesn't check the check the box for what I like. But you, you could see that river and you just knew because you've been to a lot of different rivers. Yep. You've seen these other areas. Same mm-hmm. thing goes for me with, like, how... A lot of these, me and other, I feel like successful people in the in a hunting aspect, they have a like an innate ability to like get the presence and like feel it. They're yep. like, yep, they're good. I mean, I've been to well, my dad, like we've been out of state a lot hunting. That guy will, will we normally walking through the woods and we won't say much, and then we get back to the truck and we're like both boom on the same page because that guy has been there done that you know he's yep. seen deer he do, you know knows how to do those things so it's a cool thing you're gonna love it like if you oh, you're... I, I already know man <laughs> i already know it's already got that nerdy element that i'm really into with yep. it and then also you know meat in the freezer maybe yes. some nice antlers on the wall yep um good memories yeah. good memories yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah it's cool yeah, Shoot, I'm gonna have my hands full. I got you, Tyler. You know, all of my buddies are getting into it. You know? Screw Tyler, dude. <laughs> Last year, he's like, "Yeah, I think I'm gonna go whitetail hunting for the first time." And he always talked crap white about those yes, whitetail hunters because he he's a small game hunter. Yep. And yeah, he smokes a beautiful buck first thing in the morning. First thing. And then he's like, "Yeah, I think I'll go in the afternoon too." And then smokes a massive doe. Yeah, I'm like, not get like, out of here, yeah, dude. Not a little doe, nothing. It's like, dude, what a deer like a trophy yeah. you know like the doe was a trophy yeah even. and then Ooh. then he has the audacity yeah i didn't have to buy any meat this winter because all the rabbits and the two deer i'm yep. like dude you could have not shot any rabbits yeah. and been fine he was, yeah, he's been living good off wild game oh he i know 
I know. What a cool thing. What a cool thing. But yeah, I mean, I I always tell everyone this. I hope that with this podcast, I like to get people in here and like kind of follow their journey. So like mm-hmm. now that we have you on here, I really look forward to seeing how the fall goes, seeing how fishing goes. Sounds like I'm pretty much committed to going on a river with you and Ashley oh, yeah. at some point this yep. year. Yep. So looking forward to that and a journey. And yeah, if anyone else has any questions, I guess for this, feel free to reach out. I mean, you have Instagram. What's your Instagram? People yep. So my Instagram actually, let me double check this real quick. Well, that's probably the best way to like shoot a message. Oh uh, yeah, so hit me up on Instagram is going to be the best way. Um, I don't have the notifications turned on just because I don't want to spend so much time on it. Yeah, you can be patient. But <laughs> I get I try to get on there once a day because I do have a lot of people that hit me up. But uh, my handle is bearded underscore brown bear. You can tell because it's a big bearded guy holding a big salmon. Yep, so. that's you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, anyone that's got any kind of like pointers, like you're you've always been someone that. Like sitting down doing this podcast, it feels like we've done this before mm-hmm. because me and you have had a lot of conversations in the past, in yep. the last little bit. Like you're a guy that you can sit down, you're very approachable, and you're willing to help, which oh, is yeah. awesome. So yep. anyone who's got that, want to tie a fly or whatever, do that. Yeah, reach oh, out. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, because even if I don't have an answer for you, I'll get the answer for you. Nice. And if you have tips for me, bring it on because I love getting new information from people. Yeah, if you think you can get him his first steelhead, reach out. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and you know, I'm, I'm going to say one more thing about that steelhead thing, right? So I've taken a handful of people out, and they go, oh, I want to catch a steelhead. They, and they have limited fish, like Matt. Okay. Very limited fishing experience, except for walleye. He's a walleye mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I want to hit the river and you know catch a steelhead because we used to skip school and all that. I'm like, yeah. okay, dude. Dude, first time out, hooked one, landed it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> It's not. It's literally not me. I just taught this guy everything I know, and he landed yeah, one. Yeah, but he did it. Yeah, and I've done it to a couple other people too. First day out, first time ever, limited fishing, yep. and wham, landed it. I think it's my netting skills that really, That's, you know, you're sets so. It in. I was just gonna say it's because you're the guy running the net. So Tyler, we we duck hunt mm-hmm. kind of. So like I try to get mounted like my first of everything. So like most yep. stuff in here is first. Like my first blue wing teal, my first, you know, Hungarian partridge, first pheasant, like yep. all that stuff. My first mallard I got. Um, I have not shot a male wood duck, okay? And I have oh, shot yeah. quite a few wood ducks, and they're always females. Yep. So Tyler was like, let's go. We're doing this. He got access to this this little lake, and we're in this, like, me and Tyler are both big dudes, like over six foot tall. Oh, um, yeah. We're both like, he's like 230, I'm like 240, mm-hmm. 250. And we're in this tiny little boat with shotguns and stuff. And I, we were tucked up against the side. And I was like, okay, like, this is your spot. He hasn't shot very many ducks. I've shot mm-hmm. a handful of them. So I'm, like, totally invested to be in the call guy. So I was like, we could hear them coming. I was like, oh, those are wood ducks. And they come, they break over. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there's a male wood duck. And I'm like, I'm going to let Tyler shoot first. I said I would. So Tyler pulls <laughs> up. I'm staring at this male wood duck. Of course, that's the one he just dust, you know. Yep. So then I'm like, oh my gosh, and then I like swing over and I just shot the next one, female again. Yep, yep. And it's like he got it, he got it mounted. It is beautiful. Oh, I'm so happy you got it, it mounted. Too. I know. And I never talking so about good. that. I was like, dude, you have to. Like, yeah. that's your first one. I was like, I've been trying to shoot one of those things for years. Yeah, like, we don't. I don't go every year, but I mean, I've been duck hunting quite a few times. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, uh, every time I see a picture of it or see that, I'm like, you know what? That was my wood duck. You know, yeah, kind of yeah. I look at it. Yeah, that had but Nate's name all he, over it. Tyler but he was a good guy. Tyler, you never would have got that. It wasn't for my immense calling. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we know that's not true. Right. But no, that's cool. See, that's what this camaraderie, you know, this mm-hmm. is fun hanging out with buddies, doing that. Like, man, I love it. It's just great. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, thank you for coming on, doing yeah, this. Yeah, not a problem, dude. Not a, what else you do on a Tuesday night, you know? Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> Nothing, literally tie flies. Yeah, you can go go stare at a river. Yep. Hey, you're I'm you're gonna have to let me know when you get some you know success on some of those spots. Like I would like to know a little more. Like maybe be like, hey, this worked today. Like that's gonna be the thing. I want to be like kind of like you Mm -hmm. reach out to me about you know hunting or like we can break a property down. Like maybe that's gonna be the. Maybe the, I can break a river down with you or something right. sometime. Right. The hard part is, though, you guys like to fish rivers, and I like to be in a tree. Yeah, so I know. That's the hard part. That. Like, after I told you, like, yo, I'm taking you naturally fishing for salmon. And I was, like, thinking to myself, I'm like, mm, that's bad timing. Yep. But, but worth but, it. Yeah, but, like, right now, salmon are starting to run up north, and it slowly trickles down south so they so i'll they just shoot my buck early you know get one oh, yeah. buck done early no big deal yeah no that big deal just October, easy yep, five that. minutes after first like <laughs> cacao yep and yep. then we'll uh then we'll go out to hit some rivers so yeah we'll plan it out. but no yeah thanks guys for listening and hope you guys have a great week appreciate it bye